This is Breakthrough Radio. Today we're going to dig into relationships. Interesting thing. When we surveyed our group for today's topic, uh, we gave them a choice between money and finance or relationships. Overwhelmingly, relationships came back as the winner. That's an interesting state, especially where we are today. Especially with the economy the way that it is. Because I do, I get a lot of calls about money and finance and working out business and how to make money, etc. And then when we open the floor and say, okay, so which one would you like to hear more about? Overwhelmingly, the predominance is relationships. So today, I'm just going to be firing from the hip. I'm going to be taking questions out of my mind, which have been asked of me many times, and also coming off the last breakthrough, still having some of the remnants of the relationship component in my mind. Now, here's the thing about relationships. Over the years as I've been doing this and been investigating relationships, the one thing that's come up for me very often and something I struggled with for a while, it's the concept that a relationship is only one thing. In other words, we only get one kind of relationship or there's only one kind of relationship available. And it's actually not so. It simply isn't true. However, when we watch movies or we, you know, we basically listen to media or we listen to our parents, we listen to our friends, and even talks about a relationship, in some way underneath we're kind of referring to some sort of fantasy or some sort of you know, structure or the way a relationship should be. In other words, every relationship should be perfect, every relationship should be, uh, let's call it amazing, or it should always have all the components of everything that we've ever desired. Unfortunately, when we grow up and we become an adult and we start looking at this from a completely different point of view, and of course, we start experiencing relationships from a completely different point of view. We finally realize that this isn't so. There isn't just one kind of relationship, and each relationship has its own dynamics. I mean, the moment that you bring just two people together, all of the dynamics will change. I mean, people come to me with relationship issues. It's very common that, in a sense, the relationship's working well. It's, it's, it's not too bad. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of things which are working inside the relationship. But what tends to happen is one of the partners discovers that there's one particular problem or that uh, there's a few things which isn't jiving with them. It doesn't sit the way that they want it to be. It's so interesting about a human that what we start doing, as opposed to looking at the bigger relationship and as opposed to looking at a relationship and looking at our partner and looking at the other person as a complete partner or a complete person, and our relationship as a complete package. In our minds, we start to ignore all the good stuff and we start to focus on all the negative stuff, all the bad stuff, all the things which aren't working or essentially all the things which we call wrong. And the more we start focusing on what's wrong in the relationship as opposed to what is right or what is working or what is good, all we start doing is we start focusing on what's wrong and eventually we think our entire relationship is wrong. And it's just a fascinating thing about humans. This is just something that we do. We tend to focus on the negative or we tend to look at one thing. And the more we're looking at that one thing, we become myopic. In other words, we get tunnel vision and it's the only thing we start to see. It takes great development to start looking at it from a completely different point of view. What I mean by that is, as opposed to waking up in the morning and rolling around the house and uh, looking for all the problems, why don't we compare everything that's going well or all the things which are working to the things that aren't working. And I'm very sure if we actually just sat still for a little while and took a look at our relationship, there's a lot of good in there. 
Now, of course, different people are listening to this conversation. And some people, the relationship is doing well. And there are other relationships which are basically in the toilet. The relationship is over, it's dead, but effectively the relationship has now been put on life support and it's only been kept breathing by some sort of machine. It's been kept breathing by the machine of children or the machine of jobs or the machine of a house. It's been kept breathing by the machine of, you know, we stay together so that we can at least live comfortably, but we're not happy about the relationship. What we don't see is we're literally almost cutting our own fingers off because we don't see what opportunity that we're actually missing out on. And the opportunity works both ways. We don't see the opportunity that we could have. In other words, we can open the door to find a brand new or a better relationship or the relationship that we are looking for. And at the same time, we don't see how we are actually holding the other person back as we hang on to our comforts, as we hang on to, I live in a house, it's got a washing machine, and I've got a bed to sleep in. And it's a bit of a base where I come home from work or it's a place that I can work from. And yeah, we kind of settle into these things and we slowly start dying. So I get this whole picture from a human's perspective. I get the picture of how we operate. And there's a big thing to consider. And the thing to consider is paradox. Now, paradox very basically means on one end, there's a particular thing. And on the other end is something which we perceive as this being completely different. And it's paradoxical because oftentimes we, we live in the same situation where things are really good and at the same time they are really bad. And that's a paradox. And we have, we have paradox of choice. You know, we walk into an ice cream store and we choose the flavor that we want. We walk into a car dealership, we choose the car we want. We walk into a phone supplier and we choose the phones we want. We walk into the supermarket, we choose our, you know, we choose our groceries. And on that particular level, we know that we have choice and we know we choose. And we like that idea. Humans love this idea that we can choose and we don't like the idea that things are just forced upon us. And the paradox in relationship is very simply, we know that we get to choose. We like that we can choose. We know that we do choose. There's another part of our mind where we don't realize that we actually choose our relationships. We choose the person to go into a relationship with. We choose our lives. We choose our circumstances. You know, we start making these choices, which leads us to a particular place. And this is the paradox of choice. On the one hand, we love the idea that we can choose. The craziest thing is when it comes to our relationships, almost 100%, when I ask people the question, so why did you choose this relationship? Most of the time, or like I say, almost 100% of the time, without having the realization that we do choose our relationships, almost 100% of the time, people say, I didn't choose this. In other words, I didn't choose the other person's bad behavior. I didn't choose that they would behave like this. I didn't choose that they would do bad things to me or or that they would behave in a particular manner. I'm staying away from examples on purpose because I don't want to hit any notes in people. Let's keep it simple. You know, I didn't choose the fact that they'd rather spend more time with their friends or that they'd spend uh, more time uh, drinking wine with their friends or that they'd spend more time playing uh, video games or being online the whole time. So we need to hold this idea in our mind that we choose and we chose our partner. And yes, our partners do the same thing. Our partners choose. They either choose to play video games or they choose to not spend time with us or they choose to spend their time elsewhere or they choose to fight with us or they choose to be nice to us. This thing is so important and it needs to sink into us of how we actually choose and the results that this produces. And here's the thing. So why should we talk about relationships here as opposed to money? Well, when money is a problem, then guess what? We all want to talk about money. When our relationships are a problem, we all want to talk about our relationships. 
And oftentimes we have struggles in both places. I mean, money and finance and relationships and even our health, those are always the big three topics to talk about. Let's start at the base and what I said in the beginning. This idea that there's only one kind of relationship or that we all need to have one kind of relationship. Honestly, I've been reading books for a while and I still haven't come across that one book that says that every single relationship needs to be exactly the same and it needs to be like this, you know, and here's the criteria and these are all bullet points, like this, it's all listed. The person needs to wear these kinds of clothes. They need to look like this. They need to be this tall. They need to have this kind of personality. They need to have this color hair or whatever it is. You know, I haven't seen the book where this, this one general blanket for relationship exists because it simply doesn't. And the weirdest part is a human being, we think that it does. No wonder when we're in a relationship later down, you know, further down the road in the relationship, things change. And when it changes, it doesn't jive with our picture. And when it doesn't match our picture, we'll focus on the problems. So pro tip number one, in essence, is forget the idea that there's one kind of relationship. Forget the idea that every single relationship needs to be some sort of perfect ideal, you know, which doesn't exist. It only exists in stories. And, and think about it. It's a story. A story was written and it was written under the direction of the author. And the author can take its story in any direction. I mean, we can always have every story end, you know, with happily ever after. And then every now and again, you know, you see those movies, those movies that pick up where happily ever after left off. And invariably, there's always going to be a challenge on the other side. And this is the thing about a human. In our minds, even when I speak about this, we know this stuff. I mean, this stuff makes sense. We got it. No problem. The question is, just because we know it in our head, how oftentimes does it actually percolate into our behavior? How oftentimes can it percolate into our, into our language where we can look at the other person and get it that they're just not going to get it our way? They're not going to look at it from our point of view. And they're a different person to us. If we want to take relationships to another level, we need to be prepared to go to the next level. I'll say that again. If we want our relationships to go to the next level, we need to be prepared to go to the next level. And what does the next level mean? The next level simply means, how happy do you want to be? Or how far do you want to take this relationship? Is this a relationship based on money and finance? Is this a relationship based on pure pleasure? Is this a relationship based on some sort of fluffy idea? Or is it just a relationship based on your spiritual beliefs? It doesn't necessarily matter what your relationship is based on. The question is, are you aware of the choices that you've made in the relationship? And are you happy? Are you satisfied with those choices? Once we realize that we are the ones making the choice, we become accountable for our relationship. So let me just dig into the craziness of a human being. And what I mean by the craziness is, when we sit down and have a rational conversation, when I see people come and see me for relationship advice, they sit on the couch, they show up with their rational mind intact, they are analytical, and they can be reasoned with. In other words, we can have a conversation. The moment that they leave my couch and they go home, emotion pours into them and suddenly they're having an emotional reaction. Now, emotions aren't bad. Emotions are actually beautiful. However, emotions are not designed to think with. It's the rational part of our mind which is designed to think with. The emotional part is designed to produce our emotions and that stimulates our feelings and that provides sensations in us. These things work together. The thing is, the connection, the communication between the two aren't very good, aren't very clear. 
uh, in a sense, it's almost like having a computer trying to talk to a Labrador. The communication style between those two, it's practically non-existent. And here's the thing, if we are human beings, if we are this intelligent creature which we think we are, we need to work out how do we communicate to that Labrador? Or how does that Labrador communicate back to our computer? How do our emotions communicate with our rational mind? How does our rational mind communicate back with our feelings? How do our feelings interact with our emotions? And we need to get a bigger grasp on all of these things. Once we get a bigger grasp on these things, our relationships actually start to calm down. The thing is, we've got to realize <laughs> all of these things which I'm going to mention now are very obvious. I mean, we're all going to sit there nodding our heads going, yeah, I know that, of course. Uh, like, of course I know this stuff. It's about making what is completely unconscious and the stuff that people don't want to speak about, we make it completely obvious and completely conscious. So a lot of the stuff you'll say, yeah, I know that. It's, there's a difference between saying I know that and actually doing it. In other words, how it comes out in our behavior. And a simple example is all you need to do is watch how you feel and watch how you think when you're nice and calm. When you're talking to your friends about the problems in the relationship or when, you, when you're thinking about your relationship, that conversation you know, is had in words. That conversation is had at a rational level on the rational side of your mind. And all of those things make sense. The thing is, as soon as we get stimulated with, with emotion, and the way it works is when emotion goes up, our IQ actually goes down. So we actually get dumb because we're not operating from an intelligent point of view. We are literally operating from a reactive point of view. You know, it's almost like we've got this, this gorilla in our mind, which is just going crazy because it doesn't have a banana. We need to learn how to feed our inner gorilla a banana. In other words, we need to learn how to get it to calm down. And once it calms down, we can start having a conversation. We can actually start to set up a channel of communication to start to decode what is this emotion? What's going on? Where does this emotion come from? What is this emotion stimulating? And where is it going to lead to? All of these things are, are natural talents inside every single human being. The question is, do we use it? That's the question. Most of the time, we simply don't. And when we go into this relationship fantasy, this fantasy that relationships need to work, let's say the way that Walt Disney said it, it must. You know, the, the guy needs to be a knight on a white horse and the woman needs to be a princess, you know, locked in some sort of tower and the knight needs to come and save her and the princess wants to be saved. It's a wonderful fantasy and these things, they are actually very archetypal. In other words, they do play out and that's why it resonates with human beings. The thing is, when we go to the next level and we realize that it doesn't really work out like that. We've got to get beyond the fantasy. The, the fantasy is this. We want to meet the person where every single thing in their life is working 100%. We need to know that they have a high emotional quotient or a high emotional intelligence. We like to think that they have a very high IQ. In other words, they're actually quite intelligent and they're quite rational and you know, they can engage in, in a relatively decent conversation. They can also have a conversation about their feelings. They can also have a conversation about you know, their fears, their wants, their desires. They communicate openly and everyone trusts each other. You know, everyone's honest with each other. This is the relationship that we all want. And of course, when the door closes behind us and it's just uh, the two people in, in, let's call it a safe and secret setting, you know, away from the eyes of the neighbors, then the show's on. Then everything else changes. We can whip off our clothes and we can live out our fantasies. This is the fantasy inside a human's mind. Because it doesn't happen like that. How often have we ever met someone from the beginning and we've just sat down and just been brutally honest with the person? 
yes, this is what happened with my ex, or this is what I like, or this is, you know, this is how I run my life. You know, I'm a complete slob at home, but don't worry, I make lots of money. Um, so if you like lots of money, then let's have a relationship. But don't worry about the clothes that I leave on the floor. And if I spill my coffee on the carpet, just don't worry about that kind of stuff. You know, it doesn't bother me, so it shouldn't bother you. You know, and if I leave a, a sandwich on the coffee table for three weeks and it goes all moldy and it starts to smell, like, don't worry about that stuff because it doesn't worry me, so it shouldn't worry you. And that's the weirdest thing is, in a way, we want that kind of conversation because we want to know what we're getting into. But a human will not have that conversation with someone because they know when they have that conversation with someone, that person will turn around and run for the hills. So when we go into a relationship, we're always putting our best foot forward. We always step up and we are constantly pinging the other person to see if what we do is it going to jive with them. In other words, as we do something, we look to see how they respond. We are looking for our validation. We are looking to see if it's okay with them. And in the beginning, when we go into a new relationship, our tolerances are different. So sometimes we actually tolerate some stuff in the beginning, which we wouldn't tolerate two years into a relationship. But because we tolerate it in the beginning, that sets a precedence of what the relationship will look like in the future. And we struggle. So here's the thing. When I start speaking about relationships, in the beginning, we always want to hear about the basic stuff. The basic stuff is actually the important stuff. The thing is, when I speak about relationships, I want to take relationships to the next level. I want to see what a relationship can look like. Where can it go? How do we get off the ground floor of the basic relationship? Because in essence, we don't just want a basic relationship. We don't want to have a relationship like this. Okay, you go to work, I'll stay at home. I'll wash the dishes, you bring home the money. You bring home the money, I'll make sure that I cook a meal for you. And then because I've cooked a meal for you, uh, you keep me in your house. And because you keep me in your house, uh, you get to have any kind of, let's call it, and let's be blunt about this. You can have any kind of sexual fantasy that you want. And that's just what our relationship is based on. I'm very sure that some people listening to this will almost be offended or there's some sort of emotional spark went off inside of them because it kind of jars us because when we make those kind of transactions obvious, when a relationship at a very basic level is just transactional, you know, there's I got something that you want and you got something that I want, so we'll, we'll just trade. There'll be a transaction. Basically, what it leads us to is we both have a warm place to sleep. We get to share our resources and from time to time, we get to service what the body needs. Those are the basics of relationship, in essence. The thing is, as a human, we want to take our relationships to the next level. We want to take our relationships further. Our relationships actually mean much more to us than these basic needs. Our relationships are built and based on things which essentially your basic needs will come secondary to. But remember, that's the fantasy. That's where our minds want to go to. And when we get into a relationship, we start fantasizing that our relationship is better. We fantasize that our relationship is way more up, let's call it the, the enlightenment tree or the consciousness tree or the highly awareness tree of relationship. We fantasize that our relationship is somewhere on the high canopy on the treetops, when in reality, we've got to put our relationship a few branches lower. That's the reality of a relationship. Your relationship is not where you think it is. Your relationship is where you fantasize it is, and it's a fantasy. Once we get the grasp of where the reality is, now we can actually push our relationship up because it's in the acceptance that our relationship is not where we want it to be. It's in the acceptance that our relationship is no longer living up to our fantasy. It's in the acceptance and the realization that 
you know, the relationship could actually go higher. Now we'll start to do some work on ourselves and now we'll start to work on the relationship. And here's the big thing. In the beginning, stop working on the other person. You need to work on the relationship. And the first place to work on the relationship is to work on yourself. As soon as you work on yourself, you'll automatically work on the relationship better. And as the relationship improves, it opens the door for the other person to work on themselves. And of course, as each of us in relationship work on ourselves, as we get better, the relationship naturally gets better. That's the place to be in. The common belief of relationship is, I need to go to work on you because apparently you're the problem, you're broken and you need to be fixed. And of course, you have the same perspective. You're thinking, you need to go to work on me because I'm the problem. Take a look at how relationships work out when we walk into a relationship with this mindset or this attitude. Because everything that you do to me, I'm not going to like. And everything I do to you, you're not going to like it either. So if you're doing things to me which I don't want you to do and I don't like and I'm thinking, no, there's nothing wrong with me, leave me alone. And I'm doing the same to you and you've got the same voice in your head. You're also thinking, you know, leave me alone. There's nothing wrong with me. Why do you always treat me like I'm broken? Of course, we're going to create friction in our relationship. Of course, our relationship's going to have problems later. But that's the thing. When we look at it from this point of view, that's when things land in our mind and we think, oh, of course, that's why we have problems. Best thing about a human being is we know how to rationalize our way out of a paper packet in the sense that we will come up with some brand new story that is never our fault, it's never me, or it's not us, it's always them. Oh, how about this? You know, I've done so much work on myself and the other person can't see it. You see, my tendency is automatically to start digging deep into a relationship. If we want to become relationship ninjas, or we want to become relationship Jedis, or whatever you want to call it, or be a relationship gymnast, whatever you want to call it, a relationship athlete, we need to put in the work. We need to start doing the push-ups. We need to start getting our emotional stuff together. We need to start figuring out our feelings. We need to figure out our language. We need to figure out our communication style. And the number one thing is, even if we figure ours out, your partner might not figure theirs out. And better yet, you need to go back even, go to World War II. We had massive organizations which were, their entire purpose was for code breaking. They used to listen to the enemy and listen to the enemy's communication and listen for the code that's inside there. And they needed to break the code. That's actually what we need to do. We need to go on our own code-breaking expedition in our own mind. We need to figure out what is the code that our partner is using. I mean, they might be speaking English, or they might be speaking a language which I was brought up with. They might be speaking a language which I'm very familiar with. I actually watch it either on TV or I've heard it on the radio. In fact, I speak it to my family. I speak it to my friends. I've even spoken this language to my parents, and my parents have spoken this language to me. Here's the thing. Just because we're speaking the same language does not mean that we mean the same things with the same words. It doesn't mean that we're actually talking the same language from that point of view of meaning. How many times have you heard this? That's not what I said. Or, yes, that's what I said, but that's not what I meant. It's like, okay, but then why aren't you saying what you mean? All of these things start to play out. And when we are communicating from one particular point of view, here's the thing. When we receive that communication, if we know that our partner, let's just say they haven't been brought up with the social skills that they need, you know, they don't know what voice tone means, they don't know what voice inflection means, they've got this tone which naturally just jars us, you know, they sound like our, our parents when our parents were disciplining us, but that's just the way they speak normally. In other words, that's just the way they are, that's what's what they do. If I have the filter that everything that I hear coming out of that person's mouth is an attack, or it's some sort of judgment, 
technically called breaking rapport, in other words, that the voice tone dips at the end of every sentence. If I come with that perspective all the time, I'm automatically going to filter my partner's communication with me from a point that I've been judged, I've been made wrong, I'm not being heard, I've been told what to do. There's an emotional spike that's going to happen inside me and watch emotions go up, my IQ goes down. So every time I'm talking to my partner, suddenly I get all emotional and the next thing, my rational mind, my computer just turns off, my gorilla is let out of its cage and that's it. Do yourself a favor, get a gorilla hungry, then make it really angry, maybe spray it to some pepper spray through the cage and then open the cage and let it run out into the forest. Now do yourself a favor and go and catch that gorilla. Go and catch that gorilla with three pieces of spaghetti and a feather. It's not going to work. To catch that gorilla that's out of the gate, that's out of the cage, running around, it's hungry, it's annoyed, it doesn't want to listen. That's what we are dealing with when our emotional centers just go out of whack, when our emotional centers get flooded. So my initial idea for this podcast was to try and keep it as brief as possible and keep it as direct as possible. The thing is for me personally, when I start digging into a relationship, my mind naturally goes, it goes to a deeper place. It's not a case of hearing the things that we want to hear. My question in my mind is, what are the things that we need to hear? This has been a Breakthrough Radio production with your host, Andrew Mayer. I'll continue this topic and this discussion in further episodes. If this topic interests you, hit the subscribe button and add this podcast to your automatic download feed. For more information, visit us at our website at belimitless.co.za and get in touch with us. Send us a message, give us a call, or drop us an email to limitless at belimitless.co.za. Thank you for your time, and I'll catch you in the next episode.